Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My family is there. So from that fatherhood standpoint, you know, when we, when I left the job at the church, which I loved very much, um, to go all in on the dogs, it was not to build this big training business Hmm. and scale. That was not my plan. It was to control my time. I love it. And for a couple of years there, more times than not, I was home when my kids left on the bus. Right. And I was home when they got home. Right. There was that season. And there's seasons where, no, I'm gone. Yeah. A lot. And I'm getting home late or I'm leaving early. And I don't believe in balance it, from, from a fatherhood standpoint and even from a husband standpoint. No. Whatever needs me gets me. And I don't care what's going on at work. Yeah. If my daughter calls me and needs me, right? It, there's no circumstance where the business wins, right? There's none. Welcome to the Dear Son podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dead Sun Podcast. This is a safe space where men have vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey. Now... Sometimes those conversations are heavy. Sometimes they're light. Changes from guest to guest. I never know until I start the show. Start the show, we shall. But first, new studio alert. I just want to throw that out there. It looks a little different. So if you're on the audio platforms, you definitely want to hop over to YouTube. And you'll not only see me, you'll see my guy, Josh Wilson. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast, my brother. How are you? What's going on, Derek? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, <laughs> man. I don't know if people are going to pick up on a theme, but I'm trying to trying to spread out the, the crab episodes just a little bit. That's right. Yeah. People should be jealous. You should be jealous. You didn't go to Hampton. It's a good enough reason, but... Um, what are you doing here in Dallas, man? This is not home. Yeah, no. So I come out here, shoot, first Friday of every month uh, for a coaching network I'm a part of called Apex. And we're up in Addison. And so there's a group of, gosh, I think it was about 50 of us when I joined. But now there's maybe 180 of us wow. uh, from all over the country. Some people international and all, you know, C-level execs, business owners, um, high performing sales guys in their industries. And, you know, we come together once a month just to kind of, hey, you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing okay. You're doing all right. It sounds like a great audience to be around. Where do you where do you fit in into the grand scheme of things? Let's let's start talking about you. Are you the are you the C-suiter or? I mean, I'm just the dog guy, man. That's it. (laughs) You know, I'm just trying to make dogs sit and behave and, and do their thing. But as you know, we started a dog business about eight years ago. Okay. All right. And, you know, the, the plan was it would be a dog or two a month. We might train. Yeah. I was working full time doing something else. And let's make a couple extra bucks. Yeah. Messed up. Turned a hobby into a business. Okay. And as it's grown um, from the business standpoint, my sphere of influence was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, smaller. As far as people that... I could share concerns with struggles with um, home is great. Hampton roads is great. However, yeah. Um, there's certain limitations, yeah. you know, from a health standpoint. And so I started searching for help, Okay, you know, and I knew there was some value I could add to hopefully. And that's what apex has been for me. Gotcha. You know, it's a group of probably the most high performing people I've ever met in my life and been around. Mm. Um, and it's the most humble room I've ever been in in my life. Hmm. I mean, there's billion dollar business owners in there. There's me. 
<laughs> so but you're in the room, which is important. And a lot of us don't get in the room to start with. Yeah. So it's, it's a blessing. It's been a game changer. I've been there about two years and, um, you know, it, last year was rough. I didn't get out here as much as I wanted to, uh, just the way the business was and dates fell, but no, I'm committed to be here every month. So that's why I'm in Dallas a lot. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll definitely come back to that point. Sure. Um, but let's, let's go back. You're, you're a business owner now. Did you see that model at a young age? Let's talk about your childhood and, and kind of what you saw, how you grew up. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, you know, my dad was military mm. and, um, then he was working for civil service for the Navy okay. when I was real young. Uh, mom was at home with us or working at, you know, Target or craft stores, different different jobs like that. You know, my family's very, I've said it, not even blue collar. Gotcha. You know, you go back another generation past my mom and we're working on farms, mm. you know, ranches out in Southern California. Yeah. And we didn't own these places. You were the help. We, we worked. Yeah, yeah. We worked, yeah. you know, and my, my great grandfather, he was 80 something when he retired wow. from kind of being the farm manager on avocado ranch. And yeah. like, that's our background. And, um, Early on, bouncing around, I always felt a ton of love, particularly from my mother sure. and involvement. You never would have known that we didn't have anything. Right. But I knew I wanted more. Mm. I didn't know what more was. Yeah. But I just knew that, oh, man, that car kind of caught my eye. Yeah. That why, I can't touch the roof of mom's car because it will burn my hand. So, <laughs> you know, there's no there's no headliner. Well, you know, yeah. you got to kind of chill a little bit. So I always knew there was uh, different things that appealed to me yeah. that were of interest to me. But there was nothing ever modeled. But my mom's got pictures of me when I was little. I'm like six years old running around with briefcases. Yeah, it was ancient. And, and I'm, I'm writing. She's like, what are you writing? I said, I'm just writing deals. I'm doing deals. I couldn't write, but it was just scribbling, looking yeah. like cursive. Yeah. But I was trying to do deals. I was running around with briefcases and thought I was a businessman. It was, as your story would dictate, <laughs> that, that might be somewhat prophetic or uh, at least uh, what they call it, foreshadowing of, of what was to come. So were you an only child? I was not. I have a little brother, okay. six years younger than me. Okay. A Marine. Wow. And, um, you know, we went two very different paths. Okay. Um, but he's a great Marine and he still works for them now. That relationship's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a long, long time, but, okay. you know, love him and yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got to do him. Yeah. He's got to be his own man. So as you're growing up, um, did you, did you know you were struggling? Cause that's one thing, like even just one generation back for me, my father always said, I never knew I was poor. In hindsight, they do. And yeah. I'm not saying that you were poor, but yeah. were you aware of your economic condition as you were growing up? Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was pretty evident. Um, but, you know, my dad split, I guess I was nine. All right. OK. And so we relocated from Northern California out to Vegas. My grandmother lived outside of Vegas. OK. We lived with her for a minute. Uh, over a period of time, my mother remarried. Okay. My stepdad, Steve, and we relocated to Hampton. Okay. From West Coast. That's how we ended up out there. He was Air Force. Gotcha. So I want to be very respectful. Are they both still living? Um, my father is. Biological. My stepfather is not. Okay. And mama's still around. Can we go back to the point where your, your biological father was no longer in the house? Yeah. How did it impact you? Do you recall? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was messed up. I mean, he worked a lot. Hmm. Uh, workaholic for sure. Yeah. Um, I do not remember. And again, I was, that was up till I was nine. Right. So those are early years, but I remember, um, it wasn't a lot of involvement. He was gone a lot. Uh, he moved us out to a place far away from kind of where his work was. Okay. So he spent a lot of time living his life mm. where his work was. Okay. <laughs> And he had me and mom and my brother about okay. an hour north. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not saying there's an inference there, but sure. I, I can got it. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, at what point did the stepfather, God rest, come into the picture? Yeah. So that was probably, gosh, maybe about a year and a half, almost two years after they separated. Yeah. And he was a young dude. He's 10 years younger than my mom. Wow. Okay. And she brought him around the first time. And I saw him probably 11 now at this point. And I don't think he was about 21 years old. Wow. And so my mom's 31. Yeah. She got an 11 year old and a five year old. And this 21 year old goofy tall dude. Yeah. Is just in love with my mom. Just infatuated with her. What's that? What's that <laughs> like? To, I can imagine that maybe you or you and your brother became protective and you kind of questioning 
you know, what, what's your intention with my, what is it like to see that come, to see that enter into the picture? So it was weird. You know, he was so young. I kind of looked at him as like a, a buddy, you know, if you will. And he was willing to do anything for my brother and I. And cause if it made my mother happy, he was like, he didn't care, but he was like a E2 in the air force. Oh. Right. So he was young dude, air force. So he didn't have nothing either. Right. I mean, back then he's probably making five bucks a month. I mean, who knows, <laughs> you know, with BAH. So, you know, um, salute to BAH, you know, it was, it just was an experience. But when he, they decided they're going to get married, he sat me down and asked me for my permission to marry my mom. It, and so and were, I'm like 12 at okay. this point. And I told him straight up, I said, if you make her cry, I'll kill you. And that's what I told him because all I knew yeah. was my dad making my mother very upset and cry. Wow. And that pissed me off. That made me so angry. And so I saw that Steve did not bring that yeah. to my mother. She seemed happy. Yeah. But then when it was like, I want to marry your mom. I mean, we still have the table that we had the conversation at, which yeah. ends up being a whole nother jacked up story. But it's, yeah, I might have time. Yeah. So you, you said your memories of your father was disappointing your mom, hurting your mom. Yes. Was that leaving or was that all throughout? No, that was all throughout. Okay. I would say that there was, and again, my mother hasn't, and I've never asked her, you know, for all the details and all that stuff. I just know that it wasn't a, Sure, they had happy times, sure. but it seemed uh, strained to say the least yeah. most of the time. Gotcha. My memories of when he was around was not great. Okay. And it wasn't abusive. It wasn't anything like that. It just, I think there were two people who were unhappy together. Yeah. He really didn't have an interest in being a dad. Mm. And, I, you know, I don't know if he would say that. But 43 years, I don't, you've never really shown an interest in being a dad. Yeah. And so it's kind of what it is. And where my mom, she was all mom. Yeah. But you're not going to be involved? I'll coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? She would also be the dad, too. Yeah. So you is very interesting. Um, it's not a crossroad. Intersection of your life, right? Where dad has moved on. Your mother has found new companionship mm -hmm. appears to be happy. You've laid down the law of what it takes to stay around. <laughs> right, right. As best as a 12 year old can do. How do, does he become a father figure? Or is he, is he still, does he present himself more as a big brother? And did that ever change at any point? Because if you're 21, I mean, 21 trying to parent an 11 year old, 12 year old. Yeah. It's almost absurd, right? You, you don't, you don't have enough life experience. Right. Very quickly. Now I'm a teenager. Yeah. Now I'm in high school. Yeah. Now I'm going to college. Yeah. You know, and so I would say that um, very much, though, he became a father in every way you can imagine. Wow. And um, particularly for my younger brother, because, again, he was six years younger than me. That Yeah, that that part I can. Is, you know, he, he was five, six years old when he came in. Yeah. I was much older. Yeah. Um, but no, very much so. A father. Yeah. And one of my biggest regrets is that I never actually referred to him as dad. Like he never heard me call him dad. Have you thought through why? Um, yeah. I, and I think it was an underlying um, not wanting to take something away from my biological father. Hmm. As funny as it right, sounds. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I could never get myself to do it. And there's also the part where it seemed really weird calling this young dude dad. <laughs> yeah. Because there'd be times we'd be out, like as I got into later in high school and college, we'd be out, him, my mom, me. They'd think I'm her husband. Right. I mean, I look 70, right? Yeah. Like I'm 43, but I, I look old. Look, Josh, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it was that. But I think the underlying, I would just... I didn't want to take that away from, I didn't want to hurt somebody. Wow. Which is crazy to think about for, at 43. I don't, I don't know that it's, that it's crazy. I mean, that, that's the natural desire of a child to long for their parent, mother or father, father in this case, and to have spent that much of your life with that person, referring yeah. to them as your father, respecting them. 
I guess without regard to their actions, didn't it doesn't seem like it impacted your decision to respect them. Sure. I can understand not turning that off. Right. And reassigning that to somebody else. Were there, were there periods? Um, I was maybe maybe as you became an adult where you felt like that relationship with your new father was lacking something just because of life experience. I mean, he's only 10 years up the road. Like, was there an impact of the, the I guess, the, the the family dynamic at any point? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, actually. And, you know, with Steve, Steve filled all of those roles that people want to put on a dad as far as like, hey, I can teach you this. Yeah. I can help you with this. You're in a pinch. You need anything like, boom, I'm there. He was the most unselfish person. Wow. On the planet until he wasn't. Right. Okay. But when he was good, he was the best. Gotcha. There was not though, a lot of, um, life experience that he could bestow upon me. Right. And that wasn't a knock on him. He just yeah. didn't have it. Yeah. And we were kind of growing up together. Yeah. Right? Like when I was talking to Keisha earlier, your kid's age gap. Keisha's my wife. Oh, yes. <laughs> is larger than the gap between my stepfather and myself. Hold tight. Let me process. Cause, right. Because math. First grade college. 18 and seven. Yeah, I guess. It's so we're about the same. The same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the same. And God forbid my oldest had to. Woo. <laughs> God forbid. So, you know, it's it, it was just a different dynamic. Yeah. Whereas I think for my brother, it was more of the total package. Makes sense. Right? Perfect sense. Yeah. So So mom played a lot of roles. Talk about me. your mom. Talk talk about your mom if you don't mind. That's not too invasive. No. Because the, the picture painted so far, great woman strong, had to be resilient. Um, sounds like she goes to the end of the earth for her sons. Talk a little bit more about your mom yeah. and that relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, mom's that constant. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate. You know, a lot of people don't have a constant with either Is parent. It? Right. Yeah. And they're looking for somebody else, a grandmother, aunt, somebody else, a grandfather, uncle, yeah. somebody to step in and kind of fill that role. Super fortunate. There was never a, a missing piece as far as mom went and any piece she could fill in and pick up. She would. She'd work multiple jobs. She'd coach the sports. Wow. She'd volunteer with the stuff. Yeah. Like something was needed. It was figured out like it. it tremendous. Yeah. I mean, she. Yeah, she's a great individual. She's solid as can be. Uh, congrats, Ma. She just retired. Oh. Yeah, uh, Monday was her last day of work. Wow. So she just retired. So Does she have a plan or is it her plan just to figure it out the next every day? Every day is a new adventure. She's got stuff on her list. Okay. Um, but I, I think it's an adventure. I think she's waiting to see a little bit of moves I might make in the next couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, it, she's not waiting on anything. Let's put it that way. Okay. She's going to do what she needs to do. And we're very fortunate. My grandmother is still living and, mm. and very healthy. And so they've got plans and, you know, to do together. And it's, yeah, it's great. Did you, you bought her a car? <laughs> yeah. I saw a post about that. That was. Yeah. We surprised her on Christmas with yeah. her dream car. So how did that feel? And what, and what, what, what was the statement that you were making by doing that? Not about you, but like, what was that communication like this here? But you know what I mean? Like, what what was it? Yeah. So looking back on it, like for me, I've always known a red Mustang convertible was her dream car. Mm. She would never and probably realistically not even have the ability to do, to do it. OK, but even if she did, I don't know that she would ever pull the trigger and do it. Mm. Um this was a big step for her to retire. She's been talking about it for, for several years. Um, and it was a really, really, really big leap of faith for her to do it. She's always worked. Mm. She's always worked and she's always had to work. Right. And you know, the, the car I think was twofold. The kind of the message I hope that she got from it was how proud of her we are Mm. and excited for her for this next step. Yeah. But also a little bit of, I also got you. You've had me for so long. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And, you know, 
it, that's what I hope. But I, I really just want her to drop the top on the good weather days yeah. and have the time of her life. Cause she's young. She's 65. Oh, wow. She's young. Yeah. And she's got a life to live and she's been through a lot and she's done a lot. I want her to have the best time possible while she's living the rest of her life doing her thing. Beautiful, man. I, I, I think that is admirable. Um, there's some things that, I, that I, I'm positioning, you know, myself and my family to do for my yeah. parents. And it, it's just one of those things where they've done Like you said, they've done so much for so long. And then when you hear the stories about how it was versus how you saw it, mm -hmm. like the sacrifice piece of it. Yeah. The, the things you'll never know. Yeah. That we didn't actually have it, but we did it kind of thing. I think that's a beautiful story, man. We're going to we're going to pause for a quick break from uh, for our sponsor. And we're going to pick right back up and start talking about how you matured into the position to be able to do this. So we'll talk a little cool. business when we come back. We'll be right back. What's good, fam? I know you're enjoying the episode, but I am excited to share with you today a brand new sponsor to the DSP family. Tate Wellum, T-A-T-E-W-H-A-L-U-N, Tate Wellum. High fashion accessories, watches. I mean, the timepieces are exquisite if i do say so myself i prefer the executive collection there are several to choose from what i need you to do is head over to their website t-a-t-e-w-h-a-l-u-n.com when you get to check out after you fill your basket with all the things that i know you're going to find there use the code the dsp t-h-e-d-s-p for 20 percent off they'll know that i sent you tate Wellen. Black owned, responsibly managed. New sponsor to the podcast. I look forward to the continuing partnership. God bless. Back to the show. All right, we're back. We're going to pick up on your story. Let's start uh, college years. Where, where did yeah. you go? How did that, how did your college career fare? And, and let's move into adulthood. Yeah, so college was, um, it was interesting. So, you know, my wife, Devin. Hold on, let's <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing that. Because when I explain my 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 road to my degree to my kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling it interest. Yeah, I mean it was it was tough. I mean I wasn't I was a good student, but I had to work for every bit of it, whether it was high school, or whatever. Like not, I try hard. That's what I'm known for. So, you know, but my wife Devin, we all went to high school together, yeah. right? And so um, I had my heart set on UVA. Mm. I applied to UVA. I applied to Christopher Newport. Mm. UVA sent me a nice little rejection letter. I went on to CNU. Yeah. Devin went off to JMU. Okay. All right. So I'm like, hey, I'm just going to work hard at CNU, get this year in. I'm a transfer. Christopher Newport University. Yes. Christopher Newport University. We're talking very 757 right now. Yes. Newport University. And very small at that time. Now it's yeah. a legit place. They've done a really good job. When I was there, though, it was still, you know, the commuter school. So <laughs> I'm figuring I'm going to transfer to UVA, go do what I want to do. And then I'm going to go to law school. Devin Ray, meanwhile, she's up at JMU having a great time. And I'm going to see her as much as I possibly can. Right. I fall in love with JMU. I love the people. Everybody was cool. Yeah. Dana Broadnax is up there. Yeah. Satanya. I'm running into all kinds of people. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Forget these bums at UVA. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be at JMU. Never a bad time. Yeah. And so I transferred to JMU. And JMU, that's one of those schools where that's the only thing in that town. Oh, yeah. There is nothing else. Okay. Which is why some of the reputations they have is why they have it. Because there's nothing else to do but party and do whatever. So anyway, we go up there. Um I end up changing my major halfway through my junior year. I was like, political science, man. Oof. What am I going to do with this yeah. if I don't go to law school? So I sought to finance, added a year, did a little victory lap, had a great time. Nice. Devin went home, worked for a year. I graduate, we get married. How many total years? Five total. Oh, you beat me. I did seven. So, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> congrats. <laughs> congrats. But yeah, so came out barely, yeah. barely got out of there. It just was, it was not easy for me. They just didn't want your money anymore. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, they probably were scared it would clear. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, they're like, get this guy out of here. So we, we graduate, we get married. I graduate, we get married. Right. And we spend our honeymoon looking at law schools that I got into. Mm. And we decide on the way back from Chicago, I decide I don't want to do that. Yeah, I get it. Devin's like, pull the car over. What do you mean? 
Oh, because that because that was part of your plan. That, that was part of the plan. Like oh. we put money on an apartment. She had got a job transfer. <laughs> We're coming back from looking at the school, finding a place to live, all this. <laughs> and I just couldn't imagine studying. And I was so tired of being broke. Mm. I just wanted to get to living. Yeah. And I had no clue what that looked like because I had my plan. <laughs> Y'all had a plan. Uh, uh, yes, we as a unit collectively had a agreed upon plan. How did that conversation go? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Okay. It was fine. I mean, I think there was a little bit of Devin is very cautious. Like I'm the one who I'm a bet it all on red. Yep. Right. Like it don't bother me. I'm confident in my ability to recreate. Yeah. So like if that didn't work out, we'll just go get more. Yeah. Gotcha. Devin's not wired that way. Gotcha. Now, going into our 20th year of marriage, when I have a plan like that or decide something like that, yeah. I've built up enough equity to where she has confidence in those types of big decisions. So I got to pause here. Because yeah. This is a theme that ties to a few episodes, right? I've had these grand dreams of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I actually came home and told my wife I quit. You, you, you were, <laughs> yours was a little bit more, um, Softer than mine because you said you don't sure. want to do this. Right. I said, I don't do this anymore. Right. There's a difference. Yeah. Kind of, Fundamentally, there's a difference. Kind of different, right? We had three kids at the time and, <laughs> and I and I failed it because I wasn't ready and yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have the work ethic that was required. I thought because I was smart enough and I could figure things out yep. that the money would come. Mm-hmm. But you actually had to work yeah, to actually crazy. get to the money <laughs> and the money doesn't come immediately after the work, right? No. So that was the whole thing. But now that we're talking about it again, different stage, my wife is an entrepreneur too. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, she gets it now. But I realized that I never actually gave her a plan. Right. Like, here's how it can work. Mm-hmm. I just spent years after that resenting her for thinking she didn't believe in me. Right. That wasn't the case. She was like, we, we got kids, we got bills. Right. What's the plan? Yeah. She, and she's not even saying, I have to have this lifestyle. Right. She's just saying, tell me how we're going to live. Right. What, what was... Was any of that true for you? And if not, cool. I'm on the island. That's that's fine. Sure. But how did how did you work up that equity? Yeah. So one, my wife is a saint. <laughs> I mean, she's got so much grace and patience, and we couldn't be more different of people. Um, and the fact that we started dating so young, mm. sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Okay. And we grew up together. Yeah. And. As we matured, we're different people than we were then, obviously. We should be. But we still complement each other very, very well. Right. And that's a blessing. Like, I don't take, there's not a single day that I don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. It ain't always great and easy and none of that. I mean, if it is, it ain't right. 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 There, there's got to be some trials. But, you know, that security and constant that she always looked for, I, I didn't always provide that. Mm-hmm. And the thoughts, the plans, the ideas, this is the route I want us to go. Let, let's let's go. I didn't even take a second to consider whether she believed in me or not. Mm. I was just super selfish with it and, and just ran. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, those that are close to us and, and I started sharing more openly about it, like on, on my show and stuff. But it, that 2008, 2009 time frame, that was a tough time for us because yeah. she did. She wasn't necessarily excited about the entrepreneurial adventure I was taking us on. And then I wasn't really honest about how it was going when it started going bad because yeah. I felt I could fix it before. Why are we like that? Because we're idiots, man. <laughs> we're just we, we so we have this ridiculous desire to serve and care for and protect yeah. and all these things. And none of that is wrong, but thinking that our significant other is incapable of processing and handling the reality of it yeah. is completely false. So that, there's my aha moment for this episode. So if you don't say anything else. Please, <laughs> yeah. it, All right, I'm out. It, well, it could be. <laughs> I might need to run home and apologize. But now it, that makes perfect sense. Thinking that they're not able to handle it right. versus... I'm thinking a man is supposed to handle it. Mm-hmm. They're receiving. You don't trust me to handle it mm-hmm. with you. And no one's saying that to us. Yeah. We are creating this. And, it's, and I think, it, honestly, I think it's just the way we're wired. Yeah. It's our DNA. And it's it wasn't until literally I had nothing to give. Mm. But, but just my love yeah. and begging. Yeah. 
that I realized that none of this crap matters. Yeah. Nothing mattered. You know, the success the business had when it was winning, the things that I was able to provide experience that made me feel like I was being a good husband. The reality was I was being a jerk. I wasn't being a great husband. I was making all the, the creating all this validation yes. to excuse my behaviors. Well, I'm building the business, yeah. whatever. Like, look, stay in your lane. I'm going to stay in mine. You don't got to worry about the bills. Right. And then the next conversation is we have nothing. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if um, if you came in here to tell my story for me, (laughs) Um, but you you articulated it. Oh, man. It's something about pride. Like pride has to go out the window at some point. And for me, I think it was when I was too proud to tell my wife where we were financially and I'm literally like, I'll go to the store and I'm going with a bag of quarters and change mm-hmm. trying to figure out dinner. Right. Yep. And it's not that we had to be in that position. And it's not that people wouldn't help if we reached out with the right. thing about me, man. I just mm-hmm. I couldn't ask. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's it's spilled over into my professional life, even outside the house, though I've been able to be relatively successful and climb the ladder. Sure. When it comes to delegating or having a team or trusting people, I didn't have the reps right. of developing trust with with the person that I should have, yeah. you know, let alone a stranger coming in to do something that I'm responsible for. And it just it became it's been a strain on my life for a while, man. Yeah, it's so, you know, again, Devin and I, neither of us come from a whole lot. Right. OK. Um, and so then all of a sudden we we, we had a lot. Yeah. Relatively speaking, for us, we had a lot. Right. Then it was back to nothing. Mm. And but the, the love of the relationship didn't waver. Mm. There was definitely some trust. because, And I ruined that. I, I was down to zero. I took all my withdrawals of any equity I'd built was gone. Yeah. But you know, you're talking about how, like, hey, I'm going to the store. I'm going to go to the store. I'll take care of it. You're going in there with change and quarters and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I remember that vividly, those moments, because I didn't want to tell her, yeah, no, I made $83. Like, that ain't gonna cut it. Yeah. But she, you were talking about that and it reminded me of something. So during that season of life, when it was real tough, I mean, the kids, they needed formula, diapers, all these things. And, you know, things were tough. And it's like, hey, okay, use this, this Discover card. It's got $42. You can get the diapers. Yeah. Okay, babe, use this Visa. It's got like a, I just paid the minimum on it. It's got $123 available. Yeah. Get gas. Like this was the reality. And now it's kind of funny because all these different credit cards are coming to the house, right? I don't even know how many we got. Yeah. We don't use it. We have a card that we use. That's that's what we do. Pay it off every month. Right. Thankfully. Ain't always been that way, but it is that way. So that's what we're going to do. She goes, oh, a new card comes. Oh, you want me to use this card now? I was like, oh, no, baby. She's like, well, why do we keep getting all these cards? I'm like, because if we ever need it, no one will ever give it to us. It's so true. But right now I have it. Yeah. And with the amount of it, and we could probably live a year or two right. while we figure it out. Right. But we don't need it. So everybody wants to give it to you. Yeah. But if we did need it, I will never have us in a situation again where we can't get something. Yeah. So no, baby, you don't need to switch the card. Use what you use. Yeah. Everything's fine. But I just want to like, why does she keep asking me this every time it comes in? I'm like, well, yeah. that was kind of the situation. That was the deal. And so I'm like, no, baby, this is just me recovering from what I did back then. Yeah. I want to make sure that God forbid something goes sideways. We're never in that situation again. Yeah. That more similar than we are. Not alike. Funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> so talk. Yeah. I'm just getting my audience knows I, I process things in real time. Um, I want to talk about the stages of building the business because the way you threw it out there made so much sense to me and probably any other guy. Whereas like the way, the way it's painted in my mind is understand my sacrifice of me going to build this thing, not your sacrifice of me not being present. Yeah. Like, can you talk about the stages of, of what it took in your case? Sure. 
or even if it's not what it took, how you did it. Right. Yeah. Somebody may take something from it to adjust to do it. Yeah. So when we screwed this thing up royally the first time <laughs> and we we're blessed with an opportunity to maybe build something again. Mm hmm. You know, I see that as opportunity. I see that as favor. And like you got to learn if you're not if you if you're presented with another chance, whether it's with a relationship, whether it's with business, whether it's anything yeah. like you better go into it, taking what you learned from before. Yeah. And so this time around, Devin has really nothing to do with the business. But she has everything to do with the business. I get it. She is 100% CEO of Team Wilson. Like, it, that, that is the deal. Yeah. She runs that shop. She runs that show. We run real smooth unless I try to get involved. <laughs> right, right. Right? I, and so it's, we, she knows everything about the business. I talk to her about the struggles and the stress points, all things that, as a 24-year-old man, boy, mm. I was, I would never talk to her about like a bad day. Mm. She would know it's a bad day because my attitude was whack. Right. But I would never actually talk to her about it because I didn't want it to seem like I wasn't handling it because now I'm diminishing myself. At 43, I got a list of people I talk to when I'm jacking stuff up. <laughs> like you just, as you mature, there's a, you got to humble, be, like there's like a humbleness of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the gray. I don't know what it is, but there's so many things in life that you cannot control. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it changes you. Yeah. Like I'm not less, hum I'm not less hungry than I was in my twenties. Right. I'm not less, I think I'm more hungry now than ever, more motivated than ever. Yeah. But I also, we have more stress than ever, but it is a manageable stress, but I'm approaching it with my partner in such a way that she's involved. Yeah. And if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, what matters to me most is still good. Yeah. And so I, what does it matter? Yes, we got a ton of employees. Yes, we've got a ton of that. We've built this thing, but we've done it systematically and staged. Yeah. To where it's like, okay, we're leveling up as much as we want to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're good. You you mentioned that um, during the during the rough patches, your relationship, the core of your relationship, was still intact. Mm -hmm. How does the business building positively impact your relationship? Well, maybe it's just for me, but I felt like I was I was able to build that that confidence, her and me, knowing that hey, look, I didn't quit mm -hmm. on us. I didn't quit on our family and what our goals, dreams, hopes, aspirations were because something went really, really bad. Yeah. And I feel like particularly people on the entrepreneurial side, like things don't work out more times than not. Mm. And they quit. And I always wonder, like when I'm talking to people like this, like what had you getting focused on this in the first place? Yeah. Okay. So you failed. You screwed up. You lost it all. What I mean, you're kind of back just in net zero. You're not really in a loss because yeah. you didn't start with any of this to begin with. That's so you're really just, yeah. you just net net. Hey, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. So let's, let's start doing this again because Devin and I's plan for our life, goals, dreams. Yeah. Don't change things. I want for my family going back little running around the briefcase and things that I thought could be different from my life than they were in that real moment. Yeah. None of that went away. None of that changed. Like, okay, what can we, what can we build? Yeah. What can we do? And I, th I think not only did that build confidence in myself, but I think it also built in my mind with my children and my wife. Yeah. Confidence in me. Mm. And not worrying about, is he going to show up if things are difficult? Is he going to show up? Is, are we protected if things go sideways? Yeah. Like, I'm a lot of things. And I'm a lot of, I'm not a lot of things. Right. But what my family knows, regardless, I will show up. I will be there. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, like, what's the barrier, what the excuses are. Like, I'll be there. Yeah. And, you know, that's... <laughs> When you have that and they truly believe that, mm -hmm. I, I don't think any other stuff matters. Yeah, when they truly believe. And it's not a, it's not that it's not them truly believing it in a sense that they had unfounded doubt. It's right. that you had to demonstrate that you're worth mm -hmm. and trust 
and you're worth following. Right. Yeah. As, as a leader of your family. Talk about your kids, man. We, we got a, we got a good picture of, of, of your wife, high school sweetheart. Yeah. She runs the show. Talk about your kids and what they mean to you. Yeah. So Logan is my son. Mm. 17, just turned 17. Ooh. Man, he's 6'2", six 6'3", six lean. Mm. I'm like, bro, what? What? I want to say we had something. To I mean, you said, come on. I know. I mean, this dude, <laughs> he just, you know, he not in the football. Okay. You know what I mean? Not in the sock. He played all kinds of sports when he was little. Yeah. He landed on golf a couple of years ago. It's not a bad move. No, it's not a bad move. And I was like, shoot, I got to start playing this game a little bit. I used to play, but, you know, get better and we can do it together. Yeah. In three months, he's whooping me. I mean, he, he just, he loves it and he works hard at it. He works real hard at it. He loves that. Uh, he loves his church. Mm. You know, he loves his friends. Um, great student. Yeah. Doesn't want to go to school, though. You know, he, he struggles with it. He wants to, we're talking about that now, junior. Yeah. Like, Hey, college, what are you thinking? He goes, I want to get in the business, daddy. And I love that he calls me daddy. One day he'll stop. I hope he, I pray he never stops. Uh, but man, that, that bit, the big old voice he has now coming in, yeah. he's like, Hey daddy, uh, can I go, you know, Jen and I, can we go to the movie? Can we go hang out? Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, man, it's fine. But you know, we're talking about, he says he wants to get in the business. I'm like, well, here's the deal. You want to be in the dog business? You want to be like in our family business because if that's what you want to do and you're not feeling school, we don't need to spend all this time and money on school. Right. Six months, follow me around. Yeah. Like you can get an education. We're going to be all right. right. And he's been watching me do this now for eight years. Hmm. And so this summer he'll actually be going through the certification process. He's in the office three, four times a week nice. as it is. He's doing a mentorship through school with my COO. Nice. I mean, he just, he loves it. He's a good dude. You know, he's smart yeah. and, you know, I just I want him to do whatever he wants to do. I, I think, you know what I mean? For the, that's the same. I want to create options. Yeah. Right. He's got options. Nice. And my wife said that to me. It, it, gosh, I don't know, because she was really against him not going to college. Because mm. we've been talking about this around 18 months. Yeah. And it was a point of contention with her and I. I said, babe, he don't need to waste that time. Yeah. He could always go back to college. I was going to say, this could narrow his focus to where it's more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And and I said, here's the deal. He comes, he doesn't go. He comes, works for a year, two years, decides I'm going to go to school. He ain't behind nobody. Right. He's got a better idea what he doesn't want to do or does want to do. Um, And she came to me and she said, hey, I'm very thankful for the options that we've been able to create for our son. And I think I'm okay with him not going to that 40. Now we're still going to ask him to go uh, community college local, take some classes, you know, and and get stuff done. Because if he does change his mind, we want him to have as many options as possible, you know, but he, he is Devin from a personality standpoint. Gotcha. You know, he's very uh, empathetic. He's very caring. Um, He's very unselfish. Mm. He he is my wife. Then there's Kiki. Mm. Who's brilliant. She is fire. Yeah. She is um, egotistical. She has a little arrogant, little swagger. She, you know, but she is, she loves viciously. Mm. Um, she's passionate about her thoughts and her opinions. Um, and she will change the world one way or another. Where did she get that from? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, she's a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had back-to-back conferences about three weeks ago with their counselors. Uh-huh. So Logan's junior. We're going through that process. He's trying to figure out how he can graduate and be at school as little as possible so he can get to work. Yeah. Okay. So his senior year is basically he's out half day every day. Yeah. Kiki's in there for that appointment. His appointment took about 10 minutes. Kiki's appointment took damn near an hour because <laughs> she wants to walk through the syllabus. <laughs> okay. What are my options? Yeah. If I have the most difficult classes, what part of the degree, what do I get when I graduate? Yeah. You know, what is, what is, what is there that, that will help me for that next level? Yeah. College right now for her is an absolute where, who knows? Yeah. But it's, there's two very different people. Yeah. So there's, and that part is not me at all. Now I want to know the options so I can build my plan. Right. But it, the the whole school thing and all that, she, it's easy for her. Yeah. What What is, um, she's a volleyball player. Very dope. Very dope. What What is entrepreneurship taught you about fatherhood? 
Um, I love that it's modeling something different for my kids. Okay. And me growing up, I saw the same things. Parents got up, went to work. Yeah. Came home at some point. A lot of people were around just like you, military. Yeah. So a parent or both were deployed and gone all the time, you know, but then they're home. And this is every day is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It is a cookie cutter life. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So many people thrive in that type of environment. Right. I never wanted my children to think that's the only option or to feel like that's the only option. I also wanted them to see that if it's something you work that's that you're willing to work for and put everything you have into it. Yeah. You you can do that. Right. You can create the life that you want. You don't want to take the life that's handed to you. You but the life that you want. You don't have to take the I think that's really good. You don't have to take the life that's handed to you. And so many people just do that. They just and this is why we see a lot of generational things. Yeah. You know, and um it's like, no, no, we can change that. Yeah, we can change it. And it's going to be hard either way. Staying in a circumstance generation after generation after generation is hard. Choose your heart. Yeah. You know, but you can also go another path. And so, OK, so so you lose it. It don't work out. Who are you doing it for in the first place? Like if that is always a hesitation for you, who are you doing it for in the first place? Right. For me, hey, if it doesn't work out. My wife, my kids, my mother, my grandmother, my relationship with them doesn't change. Right. So I'll risk it all. I won't put anybody in harm's way or anything like that. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, the things that matter, my business matters to me very much. Right. My, my employee, we have about a hundred people on our team now. Wow. They matter to me very much. Yeah. I don't want them to all go away. Right. You know, but if it did. Right. My family is there. So from that fatherhood standpoint, you know, when we when I left the job at the church, which I loved very much um, to go all in on the dogs, it was not to build this big training business Hmm. and scale. That was not my plan. It was to control my time. I love it. And for a couple of years there, more times than not, I was home when my kids left on the bus. Right. And I was home when they got home. Right. There was that season and there's seasons where. No, I'm gone. Yeah. A lot. And I'm getting home late or I'm leaving early. And I don't believe in balance it, from from a fatherhood standpoint and even from a husband standpoint. Nah. Whatever needs me gets me. And I don't care what's going on at work. Yeah. If my daughter calls me and needs me. Right. It, there's no circumstance where the business wins. Right. There's none. And in turn, if I'm with my wife and kids and something is going down unsuspected with the business that requires my attention, I'm going to step away. Yeah. And we've always communicated really well with the kids. I hope as they mature and get older, this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. And they're like, yeah, dad was just very disconnected and not present. Right. I really hope that that's not how they feel. I don't think that's how they feel. Right. We've talked about it and that's not what they've expressed that they feel. But as an adult, you feel a little better (laughs) talking about some stuff sometimes. Yeah. You know, because I've watched like the why behind me stepping aside context. You know, this is why I have to do this right now. Yeah. I would much rather be going to play golf with you right now, son. Yeah. But this is why. Yeah. And if I always chose to go play golf with Logan every time that he wanted me to, or every time I wanted to, there may not be the same opportunities for him right. two years from now to do things that he's interested in doing. I think it's super critical to um, to explain things to your children sometimes. Right? Yeah. I, I'm from a generation where half the conversations I have with my kids, I can't, I couldn't have imagined me having those with my parents at that yeah. age or even early adulthood to some degree. But to your point, I think with you giving them that context of, of the why, they can understand that they can process it differently other than just seeing things as black and white. You're here, you're not here. No, here's the, I am not present, but I am building something for us. Right. This is what is required for us to have a life. And the other part is 
do they actually want the life that you're preparing for them? That's something I struggle with. Like, I'm, if, if am I creating all of these things yeah. and going after them? And this is not even what they want. I mean, that's that's a couple of things that I, I struggle with. But I think your approach is that's tough for sure, though. I mean, is this something they want? And I think it comes back to the options. Yeah. It's like I'm not building something I think my kids want. Mm. I'm building something, the one that I'm passionate about. Right. That is creating opportunities for my wife and I for stuff that we want. Right. And we want different things. But and this will help us accomplish both of them, yeah. you know, both lists. Like let's let's check them off. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna create opportunities. And it's gonna create opportunities outside of the business. Right. You know, and and we we started teaching them very early on about finances and investing and different these were these weren't things that my mother was ever taught. And right. so she didn't know to to, to teach me. Yeah. And it was things I screwed up early on where I'm like, Oh, we could have done this a little bit different. Yep. And so we've been trying to do with them and teach them. And it, it's just, I don't know, man. I just want them to know that like, I'm the father that with anything they can come to talk to yeah. whatever it may be. And we talk to them a lot. We, you know, there's never a situation where they're going to come to me, particularly if it's like a, life altering type thing going on. Yeah. There, there's no lecture involved. There's no fussing. There's no, like, let's get you straight. Yeah. There was an incident um, here the last couple of weeks, a couple of 13 year old girls got a hold of some liquor, just crushed it, found them in the middle of the night. The mother did. Wow. And they were both unresponsive. Okay. The one got released in the morning. The one was there for a day, like completely unresponsive. You know, they found them laying there and, urine and vomit and just I mean it was bad the blood, blood alcohol content was so high and I found this out Devin knows both the girls personally the, the, and so she was very upset and I had Logan and Kiki come into the kitchen and Logan's girlfriend Jenna was there and um, which is a weird thing to watch a serious relationship that your children are whole, in whole another episode <laughs> so um I said, here's the deal, bottom line. I told them straight up what happened. And I've got wine all over my house. I've got liquor. I got all the, and it, I don't lock stuff up. But I've never shied stuff away from my kids. I talked to them about the stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, here's the deal, guys. Y'all go somewhere, whether you're drinking or not. Like, hey, I want you to make good decisions. Yep. But inevitably, you're going to make some poor ones. Yep. Okay. You may not even be intended to drink. Yeah. Somebody might have put something in something or whatever. Yeah. If something feels off, and I told Logan's girlfriend, I'm like, you want to call your parents? You call me. Call me. You call me because I'm going to come get you. There ain't going to be no situation that's going on in this house right now yeah. across the way that's going to happen in our house yeah. because someone's going to get in trouble or someone's going to be mad. I ain't worried about it. I'll hold your damn hair. Like, yeah. we're going to figure it out because we're not going to, yeah. to do that. Questions? Yeah. <laughs> They ask questions and we go, but they got to know that they can come to me. I didn't have that. I had that with mom. Mm. I didn't have a dad, though, that I could do that with. And that's a difference. Yes. There's a big difference. Yeah. You know, I connected with um, Dev and I did a little road trip last summer, California. My dad is still out in California. Okay. Uh, stepfather passed away about three years ago. And I hadn't seen my dad in maybe 12 years. Wow. Now I have business in California. I'm there a lot. Yeah. We let them know when we're there. Hey, you want to meet up? You want to connect? I'm in business for two days. Let's, let's, let's hang out. Yeah. Can't for this reason. Can't for that reason. Whatever. I'm like, okay. Mm. We don't talk hardly ever at all. Um, so I'm going to be in Southern California, actually, where he lives. I'm literally dropping my kids off in his neighborhood <laughs> wow. with my mother and some friends she's visiting. Hmm. Hey, Devin and I are about to start this road trip. This wasn't the plan. This is last minute, but I'm in town. We're staying in Santa Barbara. Come up for dinner. You and your wife come up. Let's have dinner. Let's catch up. Let's hang out. Do whatever. <laughs> Man. He said, I can do breakfast Tuesday morning. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. So we're going to do breakfast. We were there about an hour, maybe an hour, because mm. he had to go meet the HVAC people. I ain't seen this dude in all these years. Yeah. And I ain't talked to him since. 
Like it was so crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, like I don't go to him. Like there was never that. And yeah. like, that was the last. And I told Devin, I said, I'm actually at peace. I was going to ask that. Cause that was, cause for 42 years, there was always this goat reaching for. Yeah. But it's like he, whereas I want to be a dad and I ain't perfect by any means. Yeah. And I screwed up plenty of stuff. I didn't ever want it to be where they stopped coming to me for stuff. Absolutely. And I, when I left that breakfast, I had about an hour of in my head and it was jacked up and we got on, you know, Devin knew what was up cause she knows where I'm at with all that stuff. And yeah. um, then I was like, I don't know that I need to ever do that again. Yeah. And it's super unfortunate because his grandkids are freaking dope. Yeah. And his son has done some stuff. Literally. Um, I, I think it's very, it it's tough. I would imagine to close that chapter under any circumstances that aren't favorable. But I think it's really, I think it's really cool. The amount of effort that you put forward and you were present in the moment while you were putting, it didn't seem like, the way you recanted, recall the story that you were in a frustrated place waiting for him. You were open to the opportunity to react. Yeah. And um, it's unfortunate that he hasn't taken advantage of that. Cause I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, yeah. And I wouldn't either. I mean, if my phone rang right now, I'd be like, Hey, what's up? I mean, it, that type of thing. But and I hope that's not when he's like on the death's door, right. but I can't control that, right. you know? And it's at some point though, I think when people struggle like with those relationships and whether it's with your kids, you know, or with a parent, maybe any at all, you are trying to force something that isn't going to be there. Yeah. And so your uh, responsiveness to the situation, depression, attitude towards it, yeah. disappointment, whatever you may define it as, you're creating yourself and it's not the other individual creating it. Mm. We are creating it. Their unwillingness to participate in a relationship that you want yeah. is not their fault. Like we want something that they don't want. Yeah. It's no different than I mean than than anything. Yeah. Like it's it, it's but it's hard when it's that parent to child piece. Yeah. Because for the longest time for me it was like I think a lot of times why I try to do things and whether it's success or whatever, it was like, I'm going to get this attention yeah. from the one person who could really give it whether I was successful or not. Yep. Right. Yep. And so it, that comes back to what's the, why are you doing these things? Yeah. A hundred percent of my, why, of why I'm doing anything is at home in Virginia right now. Right. Like that's it. It has nothing to do with, with anything else. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't. If you're making decisions in life based on someone else's hopeful response to it, yeah, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be content. You're never, you can't move forward. You're going to be stagnant and you're going to fail. Very true. And it'll only affect you. And your family. Yeah. Only you and your family and how you are with them. Yeah. Oof. Cycles, man. Cycles. It's crazy. Josh, <laughs> uh, man, this, this has been... Um, it's been a good conversation, man. I, I was wondering where it would go. Yeah. I guess it's, 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 it's cool to me when you know somebody at one stage of life and you go a span of time. Yeah. And it's like, ah, there's some familiar things, there's some maturity and all of that. So it's been great catching up with you in that regard. Yeah. I do want to make sure that we uh, make uh, the listening audience aware of what you have going on. We didn't get all the way into the business. Sure. I think there was enough framing around you're a successful business owner and there's some principles that, that you dropped throughout this conversation, but you're a podcaster too. Yeah. We got a little uh, let's, show. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So we're about a year in to the big dog podcast, big dog. And, um, it's fun, man. It's been an experience and great me to be a little vulnerable and talk about things that I've never talked about. Yeah. But I feel like we've learned some stuff along the way and we're still learning every day. Okay. But it's it's selfish. If you've got something that you can share, for me, every episode we do, I'm like, if one person takes something out of this show, 
and we talk about life. We talk about business a lot. We talk about relationships. Um, you know, we interview a lot of different people and sometimes it's me doing Q and A's, you know, we mix it up, but it's, it's been good. And honestly, I think it's almost been like my own personal therapy sessions. I can so relate because that's what this journey is for me. Yeah. Uh, so going through it has meaning to me. Mm -hmm. Being vulnerable in front of other people is maturing me. And some people are saying it helps. So, yeah. I mean, that trifecta helps me uh, get through it. But again, the Big Dog Podcast available on all, yeah, all platforms. Yeah. Is it on YouTube as well? On YouTube. Yes. The YouTube's yeah. as well. Uh, social media. Oh, yeah. Um, that dog trainer, that underscore dog underscore trainer on Instagram. Absolutely. And then Josh Wilson on Facebook. And you can find a way to all the businesses and stuff there. And right. dogs are what we do, man. Dog training. Got it. And we got a couple of little things that we mess around with. But that's our primary and that's our passion. And that's that's where we're at. Cool. Hopefully next time there will be a next time we can get uh, a little bit deep into your business story, because I think this will pique some interest into how you form that. And it's a I got, I got some insight on the way here. And uh, he's 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 being very humble. He's doing some super big things. Right. Uh, but again, uh, uh, thank you for. Being on the show, you are the inaugural guest into the new studio. This place is legit. Y'all got to get in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch this far, never mind the, the framing initially. I think it still looks good. You probably didn't notice it until I just said that. Anyhow, we're still figuring it out. First interview, uh, very successful. I'm happy with this setup because it's going to tremendously cut down my workflow. It's beautiful. And, and it's just allowed me to be in the conversation. Uh, I want to address the listening audience. If you are on the audio platform, please make sure that you're following whichever platform you choose. Make sure you rate. Make sure you leave a review. Um, the time is far spent. I am not going to keep you any longer. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.